Good morning, friends, and welcome to Wake Up in the Word. Thanks for joining me this morning. Grab your Bible, a good cup of coffee, and let's go to the that little tail end of chapter 10 in the Gospel of John, and then let's start chapter 11. It's a beautiful picture here, one that I'm going to continue right through the weekend. It just fits so beautifully with the sermon series we're in at, at First Baptist Church, and so I'm going to be just dealing with this chapter in some ways that I hope will bring some insights you maybe haven't seen there before. Well, as we're getting there, I want to shout out to a lot of our friends that are watching all across the country, especially some of you that are in areas that may be facing some severe winter weather this weekend. Be praying so much for you. And a special shout out up there to Belinda in Knoxville, Tennessee. That picture of Maisie was so hilarious. I'm thinking about actually showing it to my congregation Sunday in church. That ought to be good because we're going to be talking about the relationship we have with not only people, but even pets throughout all eternity and just see what uh, what we can say about that according to some of the folks who have perhaps thought about it more than the rest of us have. Well, as we get to the end of John chapter 10, there's some interesting words here that you might want to just jump over because you finish the red letters after they're trying to stone Jesus and he escapes and you just want to kind of jump into chapter 11, but don't miss this tail end of chapter 10 where it says down there in verse number 40 that he, Jesus, departed again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing earlier and he remained there. Mary came to him and said, John never did a sign, but everything John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there. So through the testimony of Mary and others, many people were believing in Jesus. There are great benefits to believing in Jesus. Many of them go far beyond those things we would call benefits today. If you go to get a job these days, you want to know what the benefits package looks like. Is there going to be some insurance, some retirement? Are there going to be some perks, maybe a club membership or something else to go along with your employment? When we talk about the benefits of believing in Jesus, they go far beyond anything that could be offered by humanity. They go into eternity itself. They're everlasting benefits. There never will be a time when your company goes bankrupt and cuts those benefits off. There will never be a time where you age out of them. These are benefits that go on forever. But yet many of us are suffering these days from the tragedy of death. There's not a person that listens to me right now that doesn't either know someone that's passed away or you've been a part of a family that's had a personal loss. Maybe you've had a personal loss. You've lost friends, loved ones, or maybe it's just some of those people that are in public, they're public figures. They're places like the movie stars, athletes, politicians, others in the past that have have passed away and their very public lives have uh, given reason for you to feel grief because perhaps you followed them or were a part of their life in some way, and now we feel that loss. We're even going through that even today. Our condolences uh, go out to the family of Cindy Albert, as Cindy will be interred just this afternoon at a graveside service at First Baptist Church here in Winsboro. But you know, there's a difference in saying we are putting the remains of a person in the ground and we are recognizing that those are just remains. The fact is, there's a promise that goes far beyond that grave and that grave site. 
And that's what brings us to the 11th chapter of John. One that starts out with some of the very depression you and I might be feeling from having lost loved ones in these past months or years. The Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 11, Now a man was sick. Lazarus from Bethany, the village Mary and her sister, uh, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent a message to him, to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, please don't take our perverted culture to try to read more into that line than you see. Lazarus was a good friend, a, a best friend, one of that group of people with whom Jesus had close relationships like his disciples. Yes, there were great friendships involved here. And so these sisters send word to Jesus. They've seen him heal many, many others. They know he will respond. They are expecting him to respond because now Lazarus, his friend, is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, now listen, these are the disciples listening to the words of Jesus. This sickness will not end in death, but it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Now, they at that moment probably thought, oh, that's great. You're going to go heal Lazarus. Hey, let's go. Look, they're, they're understanding this whole process now. They're ready to head over to Bethany and watch Jesus do yet another one of his great miracles in healing someone to avoid death. Now, the Bible says in the next verse, Now, Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. Now, hang on. Some of this must have been puzzling the disciples. Okay, Lazarus is sick. Are we going to do anything about that? Oh, maybe you're just going to heal him from a distance. They've already seen him do that with other people. The disciples were puzzled. Are you sometimes puzzled with what God is doing or not doing? Do you sometimes want to look up at heaven and say, God, aren't you listening to me? I've been praying and asking you to, to deal with this situation, and yet nothing's happening. And it seems like many times we are confused. Why? Because we do not see the whole picture. We don't see what God is up to from his perspective, the heavenly perspective. We can only see what's just right in front of our face. And we feel the pain and agony sometimes of what's happening in the moment, not looking at the bigger picture. Well, so it is with these folks. Uh, listen, they probably couldn't understand why is Jesus sticking around for two more days. But then after that, he says, well, let's go to Judea again. Now, keep in mind, in the previous chapters, we've been reading about these crowds that Jesus has literally been infuriating. These folks have tried to pick up stones and stone him several times, but of course Jesus has escaped from them. So look at the disciples' reaction to this. Verse number eight, Rabbi, the disciples told him, just now the Jews tried to stone you and you're going there again? Well, aren't there 12 hours in a day, Jesus answered. If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. And he said this, and then he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. 
Now, they must have thought, well, that's great. He's been getting some rest, and and now he's feeling better, maybe, or, or maybe he's, well, I don't know. Uh, and so, listen, the disciples still reverting back to their natural thoughts and natural feelings said this in verse 12, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will get well. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Now, at this point, Jesus has just dumped some heavy news on the disciples. He's not the only one that's a friend of Lazarus. They all know him. They're buddies with Lazarus. Jesus has just said, Lazarus is dead. And then he says, and I'm glad because this is going to help you to believe. Now, this is all about, if you read the Gospel of John, the Epistles of John, what it takes for you to believe in Jesus. These, you know, young uneducated with many of them. Some had some education, some various backgrounds. One's a zealous, one was a tax collector, fisherman. These guys just didn't grasp the whole picture yet, but they've just had some horrible news. It sounds like Jesus just isn't concerned with their grief. Lazarus is dead, you say, and we've been hanging around here for two days? The verse we'll stop with is the next one. Then Thomas, called twin. If you got a King James Bible, it says called Didymus. The word Didymus means twin. Apparently Thomas had a twin brother or sister somewhere. But it says, Then Thomas said to his fellow disciples, Let's go too so that we may die with him. In this one statement, we can feel the grief from Thomas. Lazarus is dead, really Let's just all go die with him. My goodness. You know, here's the depression that comes after you've lost a friend, lost a loved one. Thomas is exhibiting it quite openly and with some sarcasm, it seems like, as he's like, really, this is what's happened. He doesn't understand what's been going on with Jesus. Neither do any of the other disciples, but they will soon see one of the greatest miracles in all of the Bible. Now, Owen says of this, introducing this miracle, John identifies the dead man clearly by his name, Lazarus, his place of residence, his connection with the others in the gospel story. You know, solid assurance can be given only on the basis of facts, not through symbolic or sentimental stories. The illness of Lazarus reveals something about the Lord's personal relationships. Though Jesus was God, he was also true man. As such, he had normal human friendships. His friendship with Lazarus and his sisters is an example. Apparently, Jesus often visited their home in Bethany. Even Luke points this out in Luke chapter 10. Because of this friendship, the two sisters felt free to ask him for help when Lazarus became ill. And the sickness and death of Lazarus must have seemed inexplicable to his two sisters. Why should Jesus have permitted him to become fatally ill when he was able to heal him? Though Jesus was uh, in Perea across the Jordan, distance was no hindrance, for he'd of course healed a nobleman's son when he was far from the patient's bed bedside, as we saw back in chapter 4. The severity of the illness, whatever it was, was no obstacle either, for Jesus had given sight even to a man born blind in chapter 9. So Mary and Martha naturally turned to Jesus in their distress. 
Why should Lazarus have to die? What had he or his family done to incur such a calamity? Or to take a broader aspect of the question, why should so valuable an organism as the human body be suddenly ruined by death? Death is not easily rationalized. Why can't the human body be permanently self-renewing? Isn't it reasonable that God would have created man for, the, uh, for this purpose? Would God have really created man so he could destroy him? Now, we know, of course, that death is a result of sin in the human race. But Jesus looked beyond that tragedy to the ultimate purpose of God, which transcends the heartaches of human experiences. Now, we're going to continue this story tomorrow, even as a part of our biblical perspective, is we're going to look at what's happening under the subject of death in the world right now, because it's a tragic story. It's the tragedy of John chapter 11 with the one person die, it's that tragedy multiplied by the thousands. And we're going to see what kind of perspective we can take on that as far as Jesus and the end times and his second coming. But friends, for right now, we're all kind of walking in that same, uh, that same heartache, shall we say, that the disciples were walking in. You know what it's like. You've lost loved ones. We were just the other day looking at a church directory from one of our, our former churches where we were looking at the face of yet another friend who passed away, this time on Christmas Day. We were looking at the faces of others we've lost. We were lamenting how close we were to some of these people that just in the last few months are, are all gone. Or are they? Are they really gone or have they just changed location? Well, we're going to open up that can of worms tomorrow. You come back right here in the same place, same time, same channel. Find us on Rumble, on YouTube. Follow one of the links off Getter or somewhere else. And let's once again look into the truth of God's Word and see what will help us as we deal with the tragedy, the reality, and the ultimate blessing on the other side of death. God bless you. I'll see you then right here as we wake up in God's Word.